Welcome back to the Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about thinking errors. Jody was a people-centered leader. Her values drove her decisions. Depending on the situations, her values might align with the consumer or the company, with the employee or the corporation. People didn't view her as wishy-washy, but rather as a weather vane that consistently pointed toward the right thing to do. But people also knew that sometimes she cared too much. She could get angry, and not just angry, hurt. She could hold grudges and seem easily wounded. Early in our coaching, Jody told me about a young woman named Britt with whom she was particularly angry. Britt had introduced herself via email and asked for an appointment to come get some career advice. It was widely known that Jody welcomed those sorts of meeting requests, and not surprisingly, she had said yes to Britt. Talking to me, Jody was still steamed. She said, but when she showed up, she didn't really want career advice. She wanted to complain about something one of my vice presidents did at a meeting. What did you do? I asked. Well, I was pissed. I still am. I feel like I got sandbagged. I asked her, why didn't she just tell me the truth instead of lying about it? And she said, oh, all the usual stuff, that she didn't think it would go over well in an email, and that she didn't think I would have accepted an invitation that said, complaints about Carlos, blah, blah, blah. To which you said, that she should have known better. Twice before in our coaching conversations, Jody had said that someone should have known better. Hearing that phrase now for the third time, I spoke up. Do you know what I call those words, Jody? The words, she should have known better? I call them a thinking error. <laughs> a thinking error? Is that a real thing? she asked. Oh, absolutely, I said. The words, she should have known better, are a perfect example. Wait, why is that a thinking error? she asked. Well, for one reason, because that should statement just isn't true. Well, it's true to me. She should have known better. I know. That's what makes it a thinking error. She thought a minute and then said, Can you define thinking error for me? I said, A thinking error is a pattern of thoughts that aren't true. But we believe them. And since it's a pattern, it repeats itself, usually for years. Thinking errors tend to lead to bad outcomes. Well, she said, I don't think there are any bad outcomes in this case. Oh, well, I do, Jody. You're angry at this young woman, and it's not her fault. I'd say that's a bad outcome. Wait, but she lied. It is her fault. She did lie. I agree. But that's not the thinking error. The thinking error is that you think she should have known better. You've used those words before, Jody. It's a pattern with you. And those words just aren't true. She couldn't have known better. That thought is a thinking error. She furrowed her brow and looked at me. I'm clearly not getting this. I took a different tack. Jody, when you say she should have known better, what do you really mean? that she should have used good judgment. Whose good judgment? Well, mine. I smiled. My point was as good as made. 
So, Jody, you're saying she should have used your judgment so she would behave the way you would behave. I'm sorry, but that's just not possible. The only person who can use your good judgment is you. She narrowed her eyes, puzzling it out. Is it a thinking error because of the word should, she asked? Well, that is part of it. The instant you use the word should, you turn the situation into a right and a wrong. But there is no right or wrong. It's all just judgment, just opinion. Look, Jody, I agree. Britt's choice was pretty immature. Some other executive might not have had a problem with it, but you did. And that's why I say it's a matter of opinion. You think she, quote, should have known better. But how could she have known better? If she could have, she would have. But she can't do better. She's not you. You're angry at her because she didn't do it your way. That's not fair. She considered that for a moment and then asked, Are there other thinking errors or do I win the prize? <laughs> no, you definitely do not have a lock on the market for thinking errors. There are a lot of them. Well, for example, she invited. The ones I hear most often these days are about feelings. Either people don't own their own feelings or they try to own other people's feelings. Wait, how can anyone own someone else's feelings, she asked. I told Jody about Donald. For over 20 years, he had been a devoted employee at a global software company. I met him after he had risen to the rank of senior vice president leading a worldwide division. When the company's top executives announced yet another round of layoffs, this round even deeper than the others, he collapsed. What am I going to tell them this time, he whispered, dabbing at his eyes. I have to announce the layoffs using this horrible video system. I don't think I'll be able to get through it. It's devastating. Quietly, I asked him, Donald, you're not losing your job, are you? No, but a lot of them are going to lose theirs. And there's been so much bloodletting already. They're going to be in so much pain. Yes, they are. But it's their pain, Donald, not yours. Well, I want to make them feel better, he said. I looked at Jody and said, Donald thought he was responsible for what his people were going to feel. He thought he could make his people feel better. Well, but you can make people feel better, Jody countered, sitting up a little. No, Jody, you can't. That's the thinking error. I shifted gears. Let's suppose you and I are married. I don't care how good our marriage is. You can't make me happy. You can't make me angry. You can't make me love you. It's just not possible. You can't make me feel anything. But I can try, Jody said. Sure, yes, you can. But that doesn't mean that I will feel the emotion you want me to feel. You can't make that happen. Look, let's say you get me flowers because it's been hard times for me. You want to make me happy and flowers usually cheer me up. But I am stuck in my dark mood, and the flowers do absolutely nothing for me. Now, if you think that you should have been able to make me happy, well, your feelings might get hurt, or you might get angry with me. And why? Because of a thinking error that has you believing you can make me feel a certain way. You tried to own my feelings. More to herself than to me, she wondered, I can't make anyone happy? 
After a minute, she asked, well, What's the other thinking error you mentioned? Not owning your own feelings. Well, what does that sound like? She asked. I told her about a woman who led an IT team in a consumer products company. Whenever we would discuss her boss, she would say things like, He's a scary guy, and he makes me feel like I'm stupid, and he's intimidating. I said to Jody, But no one can be intimidating. That's the thinking error. She laughed and said, You never met my college volleyball coach. I smiled and said, You know, we used to have a saying in the theater. You can't act like a king. People have to treat you like a king. It's a great idea because an actor can't act intimidating or powerful or commanding or whatever that king is supposed to be. But if a king goes around throwing people into dungeons, she said, that is intimidating. Well, to most people, yeah, probably. But good drama comes when there's one person who isn't intimidated. And if one person isn't, well, then anyone could feel unintimidated. So if the king doesn't intimidate everyone, she jumped in and finished my sentence, well, then he can't be intimidating. I think I see. But wait, why is that about feelings? Because when I say he's intimidating, what I really mean is I feel intimidated around him. That's owning my feelings, my reactions, my responses. But instead, people make the other person responsible for their feelings. He makes me feel stupid, and that that just isn't possible. That's the thinking error. Right, because he can't make you feel anything, she said, nodding. Then perking up, she said, hey, what about this? She made me do it. Is that a thinking error? Well, what do you think? I think it is. The other day, my daughter did something really stupid, and she said, but Amanda made me do it. And I said, do you mean she held a gun to your head? And she said, well, Mom, no, but... And then I said, well, then she didn't make you do anything. <laughs> oh, Jody, good for you. A thinking error revealed. Do you got any more, she asked. One that a lot of psychologists talk about is all-or-nothing thinking. I hear it from certain high-performing executives. If something isn't 100%, it's worthless. As we discussed all-or-nothing thinking, she said, That one seems to have passed me by, lucky me. But I have a couple people in my group who are plagued with it. They're perfectionists, and it's going to hold them back. I told her I would send her two coaching tips. One is about all-or-nothing thinking. It's called smoothing harsh edges. The other one is about using the word should. It's called three words you should never say. At the end of the podcast, I'll tell you how to find them. Jody got intrigued with thinking errors. She searched the web, and she found a lot of articles and lists and descriptions about them. One day she said to me, Thinking errors are like blind spots. It's hard to recognize them. I agreed with her. So we began to play a game during our coaching sessions. Whenever I heard her utter a thinking error, I quietly said, Error. Sometimes she would stop and we'd argue the point. Slowly she began to anticipate my arguments, and soon she was able to recognize her thinking errors before I did. Not surprisingly, as her awareness grew, she began to hear thinking errors coming from the mouths of the people she worked with, and from the mouths of the people she lived with. Sometimes she became a teacher, and she shared what she had learned about thinking errors. Other times she just observed. 
but her own thinking errors diminished, which put her closer to the look and sound of leadership. During this story, I referenced two other executive coaching tips. One, smoothing harsh edges. The other, three words you should never say. Three other episodes that relate to this idea of thinking errors are building emotional intelligence, don't take it personally, and self-awareness and self-management. Long-time listeners of the podcast know that in the past, whenever I gave the name of an earlier episode, I would also give the date it had been originally posted. It was pretty cumbersome. But I did it because the only way for you to find past episodes in the archive was by sorting through them chronologically. Well, no longer. The Essential Communications website has been completely remade, and now there's a search bar. There's also many ways for you to sort and search through the podcasts. The URL for the site is still the same, EssentialCom.com. That's EssentialCom with two M's, dot com. When you're on the homepage, click the tab called Coaching Tips. That'll take you into the archive, and once you're there, you can sort the tips by topics, like the ones that apply to this month's episode, Managing Yourself, or Perception, How You Perceive Yourself, or Personal Growth and Self-Development, or Self-Talk. Or you can just use the search bar. There's something else that's new on the website. It's a page with some old clips from some of my work as an actor on television. If you'd like to see it, just enter the words TV Clips in the site search bar, and you'll get a link to the page. Take a look. I think it'll give you a laugh. Okay, back to the business at hand. A lot of listeners tell me they like to receive the HTML email version of the executive coaching tips. If you'd like to subscribe, when you're on the site, EssentialCom.com, look for the subscribe button that's on the bottom of every page. Click there, and I would be happy to add you to the list. Another alternative is to access the tips online. Each tip is available in the archive, or you can download the tips as PDFs to save for yourself or to forward them to others. You're welcome to help yourself to any of the tips, anytime. And of course, aside from being available on the Essential Communications website, the podcast is also available on iTunes or Stitcher. Just search for the look and sound of leadership. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>